Turkey hunting is one of my favorite things. And one of the key tools I use for turkey hunting is the Onyx Hunt Map. I use it incessantly when I'm hunting turkeys. Being able to find a new piece of public or gaining permission on private opens up opportunities for gobblers. Onyx Hunt has a special offer for you this spring. Use the code MEATEATER to receive 20% off your membership at onxmaps.com hunt. You'll find more birds this season. I'm telling you, I rely on Onyx Hunt when I'm hunting turkeys. It is an invaluable turkey hunting tool. Sport Dog is the most recognized brand in the hunting dog training industry. The Sport Dog promise to consumers is simple. Gear the way you'd design it. Every product Sport Dog builds is meticulously designed and rigorously tested in the field, ensuring it withstands the toughest conditions you and your dog may encounter. I've used that Sport Dog collar in different temperatures. It just doesn't stop working. Get 20% off your first purchase using code Meat Eater. So go to www.sportdog.com slash meat eater to learn more. Montana Casting Company is a performance fly rod and reel company based right here in our capital, Helena, Montana. Each model of fly rod is a tribute to Montana's rugged beauty and adventurous spirit. Their rods capture the look, feel, and craftsmanship of a custom-built fly rod. Scott personally calls every customer who buys one of his rods. Head to montanacastingco.com and use code MEATEATER20 at checkout for a one-time 20% off discount. This is the Meat Eater Podcast coming at you shirtless, severely bug-bitten, and in my case, underwearless. We hunt the Meat Eater Podcast. You can't predict anything. Presented by OnX Hunt, creators of the most comprehensive digital mapping system for hunters. Download the Hunt app from the iTunes or Google Play Store. Know where you stand with OnX. Yeah, and I want to revisit um, an argument we had this morning. Okay, <laughs> can't wait. Before we get on, oh, you know, first let's introduce a couple people because we got we have some people that everyone's used to. Rick Smith's here, cameraman extraordinaire. Seth Morris, the flip-flop flesher, here in the flesh. And then, very special guest, Pete Alonzo. Happy to be here, Steve. Roll out some of the superlatives. This kind of stuff makes you uncomfortable. Roll out the superlatives. I'll do it for you. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Your first Major League Baseball year, you're a rookie with the New York Mets, and you hit more home runs than than any rookie in the history of the world. Yeah. Not only that, he hits so many damn home runs that he breaks the rookie record, but then hits more home runs than anyone rookie or not for the year. Yeah, I mean... That, and won the home run derby. Yeah, this, is a, this is a special year, but what did the, uh, what did the uh, thing on my rifle say? It says you got to have a high ass. High ass, that's right. <laughs> you gotta we'll have, explain that. Yeah, exactly. No, what did it say on your rifle? Home run king. Oh, that's right. Home run king. Yeah. You're comfortable with that? Absolutely. That's that's my thing. So the home run king is here. And then uh, Yanni's back from assignment. He still hasn't listened to that episode we made of all of with Yanni highlights. Did you listen to it yet? I will maybe tomorrow on an airplane ride home. 
I'll try. It really surprises me that you wouldn't listen. I would feel that because like you're like a co-host and everything, that if you weren't there, you'd listen just out of like a sense of obligation. Uh, listen, I really want to, but you know my to-do list is long. Eh. Maybe it was just a nice break. And then uh, our other very special guest, uh, Houndsman, uh, Cody. You want to use your last name? I know you like to be a little under the radar in life. Yeah, just a little. It'll be all right, Steve. Cody F. There you go. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Good to be here. Uh, yeah. Uh, hey, do me a favor, Cody, and pull your mic a little closer to your mustache. There you go. That's I like good. that. Yeah. Cool. Um, I want to get to the fight me and Yanni had, but I think that real quick I want to say about Cody, uh, probably the more most interesting, if I was still a magazine writer, I would be after you hard about the fact that you, one of your many revenue streams comes from uh retrieving wild catching wild cattle that's a fact with hound dogs yes sir can you explain real quick to folks what like a uh like what constitutes a wild wild cattle Uh, most of the ranches around here they'll have some domesticated livestock gone feral right they've been tried to been rounded up or gathered but uh the resources they have are limited. Meaning that they ride out and try to chase it with a quad runner? Exactly. Yeah. Everything we do, most everything we do is horseback and with dogs, you know, catch to bay, bay to catch. So the rancher will call up and he'll be like, I rounded everything up, but there's 10 I can't catch. Exactly. Then dun da da. Put the hounds down, right? <laughs> but how do the hounds, how do the hounds, um, how do they know where to drive it? Like, I can picture that they would catch it and surround it. And that's what they do, ultimately. Like, the, the stuff that's really wild, you want to uh, the dogs to see it first. They don't, you, you shouldn't even be in the picture for quite some time. And you want to sneak in real easy because the, what they're scared of, obviously, is a human being. Yeah. You know, they, they haven't had bay dogs on them. But you bay them up, ultimately, you bay them up and then ease in and ease out, ease in, and then until you, Till you close the distance and then you start roping them and so well, that's what you're doing subduing the creature yeah right you're throwing a lariat around it exactly i thought you somehow were driving them with the dogs well you can do that like the dogs would follow you and push the cow along and they will like i have some dogs like three or four that'll uh bay and then if you ride in they'll opposite me and go to the other side of the cattle and then push cattle to the horse and then the cattle get a sense of uh security and they come to the horseback, you know, the rider, and then you can you can go in some pretty rough country and get some pretty pretty bad stuff out that way. Uh, what would be a how many can you catch in a day? Oh gosh, depends on how bad they are, you know, and how much they've been molested throughout their life, and how many tricks they know, you know. If some stuff just been quadded around and kind of, you know, messed with, they're pretty pretty easy to change their mind. But if they've been through it a bunch, have you ever met one you couldn't catch? Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> no. How many have you ever caught in a single day? Oh gosh, uh, just depends. Like uh, bay ups, I would say on a good day with help, of course. You know, usually have some cowboys helping me just to tie and or whatever rope. Once we get get them baited up with the dogs, but 
man, I'd say on a good day, uh, in really good pickings, you know, 20 head. Yeah. You know. And sometimes you'll strike a deal where the rancher's so fed up with them, you'll strike a deal where you'll uh, you'll get a cut of the sale price. Exactly. For yeah. everything you can catch. Right. They're ready to sa- the, the rancher's ready to sacrifice that to get you someone to catch them. Most definitely. Because what happens is like on a on a on the big outfits, you'll have some pretty wild or feral cattle that'll teach your good cattle bad habits. Oh. You know, and so So that incentivizes them to get them off the Exactly. You know, you might get you some really good Angus or, you know, a good commercial herd and you want to interject it into a ranch that has some wild stuff on it. Well, you'll start losing pieces because they you know, they'll start ganging up together and you gotta that. yeah, you gotta start with a clean slate. Like yeah. And then you'll go as far as so you live in southern Colorado. Yes, sir. And you'll so. stray as far as Utah, Nevada. Yeah. We caught some cattle out in California even. Really? Yeah. How long you stay how long do you stay when you go out to catch cattle? Just kinda depends on the project and how many there is and you know, and what condition your horses and dogs are in after a while. Sometimes it beats you up a little bit, you know. And you camp out while you're doing it? Most certainly, yeah. Yes, sir. Have you ever stayed somewhere for a month catching wild cattle? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was out in the Utah desert for about six months, kind of taking care of a place that uh, was pretty rugged and wild. Just catching cows? Yeah. That's a hell of a business. How do people find it? You got a name for your business? Are you looking for more business? Oh, not the present time, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think we're doing all right. <laughs> so you don't need to, you don't need to like, you got, you don't have to put a, a plug in it. <laughs> I don't imagine you have like a website. No, sir. Yeah. I don't even have electricity at my house. And <laughs> 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 no, I take that back. I did get solar about oh, four months ago, 265 watt panels. So yeah. How I, many dogs you got? 13. How many horses you got? Just a couple. Do you bring that whole slew of dogs when you go to catch wild cattle? Oh, I got some dogs in particular that stay home. Like I got uh, just one or two, but for the most part, everybody goes. Even my lion dogs like or hog dogs, they all, they're multi-purpose. So you got like hog dogs, lion dogs, and cattle dogs. And they're all the same dog, yes, sir. Oh, okay. They just got to wear different hats. Yeah. How do you, how do you keep your lion dogs from running lions when they're when you're chasing cattle and that's the thing like usually you're and i wouldn't mind it you know if they did kind of go do their deal as long as they're staying straight on what i want but usually if you set your dog down in cattle country you're the likelihood of you catching a lion is you know slim to none and when you go hunt a hog you're you're in cattle country but there's usually not a lot of lions in hog country well, how, so, do you, how does he know whether he's running hogs or cattle? Well, you put them on him, you know. You start the track and say, this is what we're going to hunt today. Man. And they're smart dogs, you know. I started out my, ultimately my, the first dogs that I had was mostly Catahoula. And then I injected a little bit of red tick, English red tick into them. And then now I went to some Argentine Dogo with the mix, but, uh. You know they're they're fast fast to catch and they'll still put their nose on the ground to trail and they're fun to hunt. Yeah, behind. you were saying you were telling me that one of your lion hounds um, will visually track the lion. True, like that. he'll see the track. Right. 
and run along and just check it now and then. But he said he can still grind it out if he needs to. Yeah. Yeah, he'll cheat a bit, you know. Especially on fresh snow, you know, there's a... And they'll get in the dirt, too. And there's been a... That's a whole nother deal, controversy, controversy about uh, dry tracks or dirt tracks versus snow tracks. You what know, you mean, how's that a controversy? Well, as far as most... Now, the guys that do it on dry ground are badass. Well, that's the controversy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a snow track up here, I've seen snow tracks that you would look at it and swear to be damned that you could... That was the last night track, but it might be a week old and, you know, the, the scent has dissipated through it. Anyways, it's... And sometimes I'm sight So dogs. you don't like dry ground guys talking all about how they're badass and you're not i think there's uh yeah there's just certain places for certain dogs and yeah so would your dogs be able to catch a lion down in arizona with no snow yeah we hunt south of here in new mexico quite a bit uh-huh. down the red dirt the bluffs and uh it's, it's short cedar country and it's mostly dirt but even down there you know the freeze and the thaw is what gets you ultimately like even with it snow or, or snow or dirt like it's it's a scent that's held in the track and that freeze and that thaw just slowly dissipates it so and the and the dirt conditions um the right kind of dirt i believe will hold scent longer than a snow track and and there's different types of snow that'll hold a scent longer than uh just regular snow snow ain't just snow once it hits the ground it could be wet or it could be fluffy or what's what's the best uh kind of snow for holding scent uh and just a little bit of moisture in it seems, you know, not it, not the real fluffy stuff. You don't or, want that dry, dusty powder. Yeah, it kind of kicks back into itself, and you don't want a real wet track. It seems because it leeches, maybe. And I'm just saying, but yeah. How many lions have you caught in your life? Oh gosh, man, I don't know. I've only been doing it for like eighteen, seventeen, eighteen years. <laughs> Only, like I was telling you, like my, my first year was pretty dry. We chased them, and that was before callers. You know, the, even the the telemetry, I didn't have a set of telemetry until two or three years later. But mostly, it was set your hounds down, you know, and go. You just listen to them and try and follow them, and that was usually a shit wreck. But yeah. Uh, okay, I want to get back to the fight, me and Yanni. Hey, I thought about it, Yanni. Yanni took offense. I was saying. <laughs> yes. I got into his head. No, yeah. I win. No, catch. <laughs> I'm going to explain everything, and you tell me if I explain it wrong. Okay. I was saying that um, I would uh, that I don't understand when people send away their kids to boarding school because yeah. I want my kids around so I can snuggle them. Yeah. And I uh, was like, man, I would hate if they left. Mm-hmm. earlier than is natural. Mm-hmm. Yanni took offense at this, not because he thinks that it's great to send your kids off to boarding school and not snuggle them, mm-hmm. but because he took offense at the idea that one would describe something as natural when there's plenty of places in the world where you don't move away from home at all and you stay in your, tight, in your family unit for the whole life. And I thought about it this morning. If I said to you, uh, white-tailed deer have their breeding season in mid-November. It's natural for them to do that. Mm-hmm. Would you be like, uh-uh, because they uh, rot in January in Mexico? 
So does that make it unnatural that they rut in mid-November elsewhere? That's what you were trying to do to me this morning. And now that I present it to you that way, you're left speechless. <laughs> you got you had many hours to think about it, okay? So now that you're coming back at me with a debate, I think you should give me at least more than three <laughs> seconds before you say I'm speechless about this. Um, okay, you want me to give you, you want me to, you want to come back to it? No, I think I can. I, I can give you a rebuttal right now. Um, I think that it's. Uh, how do I put it? Oh, you know, another thing. You left home. Yeah. <gasps> and went away far away. Yeah. No. Never to return. <laughs> it's sad to think about sometimes. Was that unnatural? I don't know. Perfectly natural. I just felt like it was the wrong use of the word. That's all. What would be the right word? Well, I think you figured it out after we started talking about it. You said that it was like culturally not the norm. Oh. Yeah. So I think for the deer. I took offense at you taking offense. It hurt my feelings. <laughs> <laughs> um, can you tell everyone real quick, Yanni, about your Colorado elk hunt? A real quick hunting story? Yeah, well, have, have whatever you need. Then, then we're gonna then we're gonna narrow in on on uh, Pete Alonzo's big hunt. Yeah, yeah, it was good. You know, I, I burned um, like twelve or thirteen points. Maybe well, you, even need, 14. you need to know. Yeah, you need to know which because I have a bet with Brody that it was in the teens. Oh, it was definitely in the teens. Okay, good. I won my bet. Definitely in the teens. Even uh, my buddy Ethan who drew the tag with me was in the teens as a resident. He was at 11, I think. And I had one or two more than he did. And uh, I had known about the unit for a while and been thinking about it for a while. What was your exposure to it? Just people, friends, and people I met through the industry, people that lived around it, you know, that had good things to say about it. And... um Unfortunately, I'm setting the stage for sort of like a letdown. If you can, you can feel it coming, because I didn't end up killing a big old giant that I was, you know, that you hope for when you burn twelve or thirteen points on a unit. Um, but we had a great hunt. The best part about the hunt was I got to hang with my buddy Ethan, who's who's, like, who's the elk guide, right? Yeah, and definitely like my main mentor over all my elk hunting years. He's like the guy that definitely took me from just like a dude that kind of knew how to walk around in the woods and would bump into stuff every now and then to someone that could get it done on a regular basis. Um, so that was rad to, you know, be able to share an elk camp with him. And we had, uh, a photographer with us that, uh, captured the, um, the action for us. And then, uh, another buddy of ours, uh, Jim that came down from, uh, Eagle County and, uh, helped us out on the hunt. The hunting was rad. Like, Aside from not being and never finding a giant bull like anything over three hundred inches, um, was it just dudes everywhere? No, no dudes. Super limited. Super limited. Yeah, Yeah. Um, we definitely there were some camps around, but like you never felt like the elk were even pressured. Like every every day, you could have just walked into the woods and shot a bull within an hour during prime time. Really? Oh yeah, we had like great bugling action. Um, and I was kind of torn between, cause they were bugling in a zone where you couldn't glass as well as I would like to, just to be able to look over a lot of critters. 
So I was torn between like jumping in and having great fun bugling and chasing the herd around and, and trying to look, look, pick over bulls that way versus trying to just look at a bunch of open country and try to find a big one. We had very similar weather to what we had this week, meaning that it was like unseasonably warm, dry, no precipitation. Um, so they were definitely not hanging out long, not, not being, you know, like I felt like the big bulls had left the herds and they weren't being like forced to go out into the open and feed, you know, they were just tucked away in some hole and it was going to take a little bit of a miracle, you know, to, to catch one sticking his nose out five minutes before dark, you know? Um, so yeah, sweet, sweet hunt. And, um, the last day, how many do you think you looked at? How many bulls? I don't know. Say average five a day. How many could you take in a poke at? Mm, I don't know. 20? No kidding. One evening, yeah, I saw... How many bulls did we see that night? Not counting spikes, I think seven branch antler bulls. Like in this one little drainage that we cruised around in. But just all youngsters. Let yeah, them all walk. I wish I had thrown all my Colorado out points into the garbage. Hadn't? Yeah. Oh, but you never would have caught up with the point creep that's going on in Colorado. You only had like five, and I, as I burned 13. You never would have made it in your whole life if it keeps going like it's been going. Is that right? Yeah, because next year you'd have six, and it would take 14 to draw. And then you'd have seven, and it'd take 15. You'd always be behind by quite a few. It's a problem that they're trying to deal with here. Colorado's got a lot of problems, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyways, yeah. So look, it all started when they legalized weed. You think so? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, super fun hunt. Just never found the big one. Oh, uh, quick thing. But you had fun. But you tell, but you you left everybody like they don't know you got one. Yeah, I got one on the last day with ten minutes left. The morning we were we were hunting like a small little teeny tiny drainage where I was hoping that like it was off the beaten path. There was no trail going to it, and I had not seen many boot tracks in it. And we had gotten a hot tip to go and check this out from hot some from some locals. And uh, so we went in there, and we were just looking at some pretty small, like south-facing, steep, rocky slopes that you know don't look like great habitat, but could be a place where one could be hiding, you know. And I didn't see any elk in there, but while we were in there, I could look up and see like some alpine country, and I saw two big herds move into this basin, and uh, too far away to even like even with like the spot and scope to see if there was any. Like I could see bulls. But I couldn't see what they were. And so we decided to go in there that afternoon. Ethan killed one that morning. Oh, he did? So we went and packed his bull out. Was it a giant? Nope. He had like, he was in the magic circle all morning and uh, had let them all walk by like 9, 9.30. It kind of died down. And so he was just kind of slowly cruising back to the truck. And all of a sudden, right below him, he just heard a little... <laughs> and he just crept over to the edge. And there was one bedded at like 50 yards and... It was kind of like, yeah, this is the perfect opportunity. So he rolled him. In uh, its bed. Yep, in its bed. Hmm. What do you think of that, Cody? What's that? Shooting something in its bed. If you're sneaky enough to get up on it, I think it's all, all good. Yeah, yeah, me too. 
People get pissed about that. Yeah, I don't know why. I mean. Because they're not good at sneaking. That's right. They get jealous. Got to get in there amongst them. I shot a buck in its bed this year. He never flinched. Yeah. Dead and dead. It's controversial because people, it's controversial for two reasons. One reason is that people think it's unsportsmanlike. Like, it's sportsmanlike to shoot them when they're running away from you. But not sportsmanlike to shoot them when you snuck up on them and they don't know you're there or something. And because, the other thing is because somehow they feel like that you're they're at the disadvantage because they're sleeping. <laughs> Their yeah. eyes are closed. And then it's controversial to shoot something in its bed for good reason, in part, because it's it's hard to shot placement's difficult. Yeah. Sometimes it's hard to tell what's going on. Definitely. So that's the thing you gotta watch out for is can you tell what's going on? What about shooting a duck on water? Well, that's a really great point. Why is it bad to shoot a turkey in the air, good to shoot it on the ground, good to shoot a duck in the air, bad to shoot it on the ground? It's confusing. <laughs> it is. <laughs> if I was duck hunting by myself and a duck landed in the decoys, <laughs> dude, Bang. bam! Bang town. <laughs> but when you're with people, everybody looks at each other nervously. Oh, if you're with me and you look over at me, you're going to watch my gun go off. <laughs> I'm not that good at shooting and flying, man. So if I can, you know, get a bonus one towards my limit like that, I'll take it. Um, so in the afternoon, we decided, uh, J- Joe and I decided yeah. to go after him. And uh, it was a commitment. It was about three miles. We knew we had to go about three miles and it had to climb close to 2,000 feet to get to where they were, where we had last seen them. I'd watch them till like nine, nine thirty, so I knew that they had they weren't gonna go much farther. And as soon as we got the elevation to where we could see right into this little it was like a I don't wanna say miniature, basically an avalanche chute, but uh kind of mellow. It didn't look like it slid a lot, you know. It was more like a just a real steep grassy meadow. Rocky above, and uh we got first got eyes on them, and we were maybe fifteen hundred plus yards away. And we saw this bull, and I, all I could see was like a really long main beam and a giant fourth. And I thought, man, here it is. Last day. It's all going to come together. So I didn't even bust out the spotting scope. I just said, let's go. And we had to – they were sort of feeding on the opposite side of this. The the uh, shoot was bowl-like, and we were kind of on a knob looking into it. And we had to roll all the way around this knob and then get on the face with them. And we tried to go down off the knob – and thought we'd get close enough to where we could kind of shoot across into them. But once we got to within range, like sub 500, uh, I just couldn't get a shooting lane at all. So we had to climb back out and got on the face with them and just waited. For, the wind was good. It was dropping down the face at that point and just started. We got a great elk trail that went right through the timber, right at this open avalanche you know, meadow and just kept sneaking, sneaking, sneaking. And then it like, I don't know, when I was probably 60 yards from the edge of the meadow, I could start to see, you know, elk moving in the meadow and got a little closer and uh, I could see the bull. And that moment I, I glassed him up and I realized that he wasn't, you know, what I was after. Nice bull, you know, he's, he's cool, but uh, not, not the he's big, crazy not the big giant. Yeah. But the hunt was pretty much over. I had like, at that point I had 30 minutes left in my season. And I'm like, Joe, we could kill this bull, but we're going to be packing elk meat all day tomorrow. <laughs> he, he, he was just like, this dude's gotten into hunting at like probably the age of 
50, maybe 50 plus. He's about to turn 60 and is so jazzed and stoked on it that when I turned around, I kind of posed the question to like, should, should we kill or should we just happily roll off the mountain under the stars and be done with it? He was just like, <laughs> get him, take him down, you know, like don't want this to end. And, uh, you know, my buddy Jimmy, he wanted some elk meat. And so, uh, it wasn't a done deal, but I still had to, I had to sneak in there. And by the time I got a little bit closer, I had to fight off, not fight off, but I was fighting all these calves that were feeding right where I was trying to get to. So they'd put their head down. I'd move a little bit. They'd lift their head up and they'd be chewing and kind of, they'd look at me, stare a little bit, but then look away put their head down. I'd take another step or two. You can get away a lot with calves. You know, they just don't, they haven't put two and two together yet. They're only what? At that point, they're six months old. Right, right. And uh, anyways, he ends up being bedded. So I get into like 50, 60 yards. Of the I, bull? Yeah, the bull's bedded out in the meadow. I'm like maybe now 10, 15 yards from the edge of the meadow. And I'm trying to get a shooting lane, but I got some branches still in front of me, and he's bedded, and he's kind of quartering away. Then there's a cow behind him. And it's getting dark. And finally, I stand up, and I kind of move to my left and get next to this tree. And I just leaning against a tree, I still couldn't get the angle I needed. But then I just propped my gun up on this little branch, and I kind of had to almost get on my tippy toes. And from there, I got, had a clear sight path. Coincidentally, at the same time, the one calf finally saw me going through all those motions, and she sort of, you know, bounced out a little bit, and it got everybody on their feet. And once he got on his feet, it was I had a, you know, just a nice easy shooting lane. Yeah, you know, I shot him. And hard to tell because everything, it was late in the day. And so I didn't get to do a great necropsy. 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 Because it was dark out later, you know? So it's hard to tell what happened. But the first shot didn't bring him down. It stunned him. He was dead on his feet. So I ran out after him. And he had gone maybe 50 yards. And he was just facing away, standing there, kind of wobbling, just ears pinned back, you know, sick, but not falling over. And, um, I almost actually just ran at him a little bit more, try to change positions so I could get one in broadside. And eventually he just, he turned enough broadside that shot again and that tipped him over. So yeah, that was sweet. Yanni's big adventure. Yeah, it was good. And the bull, like tell, tell them how to go find you on, uh, cause they'll be able to find a picture of it on Instagram. Yeah. I actually haven't, po- I need to post a, um, do a little post about that hunt, but, uh, I'll have it up there by the time you guys listen to this, but it's uh, my handle's Giannis underscore Putalis. Um, but uh, he's he's got a cool main beam that at his force it almost does a hard ninety both main beams and they almost come back together. The, the tips are probably only I don't know what do you think ten twelve inches apart. Yeah, if that. So, yeah. Uh, quick thing. Remember we? Oh, you weren't there, you, and you haven't listened. The, we had an emergency room doctor talking about all kinds of things that bad things that happen to hunters and anglers. Mm-hmm. And he suggested that when you bust your tooth off and the nerves hanging out and it hurts real bad, you can put um, super glue on there to seal it up so the, so the air isn't touching it. Uh-huh. My dentist, Kevin, said, man, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Quick piece of feedback. Uh, Did he, but he, 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 he didn't have an alternative. He said, you're going to wind up gluing your lip to your tooth or your lips to your lip. He just thought it sounded like not smart. 
Those things can hurt. Oh, though. dude, mm. they hurt. I would let you administer that because especially if it was a top tooth and you're just trying to squirt super glue up in there, you would end up. No, I'd do it very delicately. I'd lay it in there just perfect. To yourself. To you. That's what I'm saying. I wouldn't want to do it to myself because it'd be tricky. Oh, you can't see, yeah. I would end up not being able to eat and talking about this for for a day. So Pete Alonzo, tell everybody where you're from. I'm from Tampa, Florida. Still live there today. Yep. But you play... Play for the New York Mets, uh, live in Manhattan, and uh, for the summer, I live in, uh, live in New York City. Just 24 years old. 24. Played in high school. Yep. Played in college. Yes, sir. Left college to play in the minors. Mm-hmm. Pete was trying to say, he couldn't tell, you were, trying, you were saying, I don't know if I should say I'm a dropout, or what, what were you asking? I didn't know if I wanted to tell people that I got my degree from college in baseball or that I was a college dropout to That's play right. baseball. And I said that what you should say is you left college to play professional baseball. Yeah. I, I, I think that that one sounds the best out of all the options. I think yeah. that one sounds good. You told me you were a dropout. Yeah. I think Which it's kind of funny. Yeah, you know. It's true. Yeah. Blake, my old man dropped out of high school to go fight in World War II. I mean, that's bad. So I don't think it's like, yeah, I don't think it's just, I, I wouldn't say he's a dropout. Right. Because there's, it's a, it's kind of like a, a bigger life calling. Yeah. Or your journey, your, your journey of life that you, I guess you kind of go on. So you knew you were going to, like, at what point did you know you're going to be a professional ball player? Steve, I had no plan B at all. Like, from, like, believe it or not, my first word as like a baby was ball. That was my first word. And yeah, you know, I don't want to pop your bubble. But that's yeah. A lot of kids do that. <laughs> that was yeah. my first word. My first word was bubble. But for me, it's it's kind of fitting. Um yeah. and no, I'm I'm only joking with you. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me it fits. And I mean, when I was younger, um from preschool all the way throughout high school, like every single level of my life, I, I've always wanted to be a professional baseball player. And I dedicated all my energy, my time, um, to uh, to be a big league ball player. That's were your parents were your parents like oh enough already with the baseball? No, I mean I played I played like five sports one year. Um, I mean in middle school I played lacrosse, football, soccer, basketball, and baseball. I mean I feel like in the sports world, like I grew up playing a bunch of different sports. I mean tried a lot of them. I love I love sports. I love outdoor activities. Um, but for me, it's like my true passion and love is um, is baseball. And I'm just really fortunate that I, I get to pay. I get paid to to play a game. At when you started in college, I, I'm not really familiar how this goes. Mm-hmm. You're in college. It's better to be. It's and all of a sudden, someone says like you can come be in the minor leagues. Mm-hmm. And that's preferable to playing in college. That's like a step closer. Well, it, it kind of depends. Like, um, you can get drafted out of high school um, at 18 years old. But the downside of that, if you're not, uh, if you're not given or offered, uh, like, money you can't refuse. Like, if you're offered a million dollars to turn down the college experience uh, to go play professional baseball. I mean, at the end of the day, it's um, you want to be in the big leagues. Like, 
you can dream of playing for the college you grew up for, but at the end of the day, you want to end up in the in the show. You want to end up in the big leagues. Um, but for me, it's like I, I wasn't drafted out of high school. I didn't really have that option to go play professional baseball at 18 years old. So for me, I kind of, I mean, I, if I if someone says I'm not good enough at something, I I take it personally. And I, I work harder, and I I try and show as as much as results as possible to, um, to put myself in that position to to get that chance. If if that would make sense. So when I went into college, um, I just wanted to make the most of my time so I I could have a chance at the big leagues, and I didn't care how, like if I had to go through the minors or not, and. I mean, whatever the path I had to take, I had to take to get there. And I w- I'm willing to put in whatever work and whatever time is needed to uh, succeed or to accomplish the goal. You're getting married uh, coming up, right? Yeah, next year. Yep. You, oh, you're getting married a year from now? Yes. When you met your girlfriend, you were doing what? So I was in, um, so I was in college um, at the time. I was playing in the Cape Cod League, and um, we met at uh, P-Town. It's it kind of funny. I mean, it's it's not really a place where some people go to meet meet ladies, and uh, it's kind of serendipity, you know. It's like I after we met, it's like I I just couldn't get enough of her, and we hung out every single day for the rest of that summer. We did long distance um, our last years of school, and um, as soon as um, as soon as she graduated, and- it's Cape Cod. Sorry for to interrupt. It's Cape Cod is not known as a place to. Well, no, not like P-Town Beach. It's the place where guys would go to meet guys. Oh, that specific beach. That specific beach. No. Yeah, so the reason he why... He couldn't we, figure out why he was getting catcalled. So the reason why we were at that beach, uh, I I mean, it's... Uh, long story short, I I didn't... Being from Florida, it's like I don't... I don't like rocks and wearing shoes on the beach. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I like white, fluffy, sandy beaches and reminiscent of home yeah reminiscent i mean who likes wearing shoes on the beach i don't, I don't think anyway it's just rocks on a shoreline you won't like the beaches at steve's cabin <laughs> dude yeah the barnacles man <laughs> you got rocks with barnacles <laughs> you don't have to wear shoes you have to wear waders and uh and rubber boots the whole time as long but i got you you uh, want to have a beach experience yeah and then are you able to concentrate while I eat maraschino cherries out of my glass? Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. But um, yeah, it's like she's uh she's just so unbelievable. Like, and did she believe you? Like, you're like, oh, I'm gonna be a professional baseball player. Was she like, okay, whatever? I don't think she said like whatever. Um, I I think. I mean, I, I think that she would have. I, that didn't matter what I did. I, I think. I mean, she told me. I mean, she told her dad uh, that uh, she would have dated me if I pumped gas for a living. So, yeah. like, it, I don't think it was necessarily the what I did. Um, I, I think it's just the, the chemistry and the relationship. I mean, she's she's awesome. She's my soulmate. I mean, I can't picture going through life without her. Cause, I mean, she's. I mean, she's my rock. Like, she keeps – I mean, she's a sports psychologist. Like, she's everything and more. I mean, and for how much, like, we travel and, like – I mean, we don't really live anywhere for more than seven seven days at a time during during the baseball season. 
And it's like you go through the apartment, you go to the hotel, like there's no sense of home. And sometimes like I get, uh, I'm not going to say jealous, but I kind of wish I knew what it was like to have like a, like a home for like an extended period of time. Yeah. Cause like packing and traveling a lot, it gets, gets kind of exhausting, you know? And you're going home with a bunch of deer meat now. I'm excited and, about that. And are you, you don't have any concerns that she's going to she's going to eat the deer meat. Oh, she's she's going to love it. I I think I'm a I think I'm I'm a pretty good cook. Um I learned learned a lot of stuff from my grandpa. Um well, the one from the one from Spain, he can he could he could whip up anything and just kind of watching him navigate the kitchen, utilize all the different spices, um and different creative ways like to bring out the best of the food i think that um i can do that i can do this deer meat justice yeah. is he the one that taught you the cinnamon trick no actually so a buddy of mine uh his name is vince uh he's, he's one of my best buddies uh he he went out to houston uh to visit uh one of our uh really good friends he plays for the houston astros his name's lance mccullers and dallas keichel was his teammate and Dallas Keuchel is like a, just a absolute hardcore Texan, like bree- lives, breathes Texas. And he used to, he uses like cinnamon on like red meat. And Vince brought it back, and uh, we went over. Um, me and my fiance and him and his wife are really good friends. We went over to dinner for their house one night. He was grilling steaks. He was putting cinnamon. I'm like, dude, what the hell are you doing? He's like, shut up. Just try it. Just wait till I'm done and try it. And I'm like, oh my god, this is unbelievable. And so I, I kind of adopted it and um, brought it to you guys. Yeah, we did. We liked it so much. We had it twice this week. Yeah, man. Between streaming services, fitness apps, and delivery services, it's never ending. I'm talking about the the, the subscriptions, the monthly dings on your credit card. Well, thanks to Rocket Money, I'm no longer wasting money on the ones I forgot about. Rocket Money is a personal finance app. It goes in and finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions. Meaning, you know, like, let's say there's like a show that comes out and you want to watch it and you wind up doing like this free trial and you forget about it. And then two years later, you realize you're paying those hosers 12 bucks a month for something you don't use. It finds that stuff, cancels it. It helps lower your bills so you can grow your savings instead. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all the app's features. With Rocket Money, I have full control over my subscriptions and a clear view of my expenses. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash meat eater. That's rocketmoney.com slash meat eater. Again, rocketmoney.com slash meat eater. Spring is a great time to do something with your family. Do some spring cleaning, which I kind of started today outside, planning outdoor activities, which I'm always doing, taking a little trip to Hawaii with your kids for spring break, which I just did, which was great. You know what else you can do for your family this spring? You can shop for life insurance with Policy Genius. Make that part of your financial planning for the year. I've said it before a thousand times, I'll say it again. When my wife and I, when we started having kids, we got serious about life insurance. And man, I felt so much better after we did. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just 292 bucks per year 
for a million dollars of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Even if you already have a life insurance policy through work, it may not offer enough protection for your family's needs, and it may not follow you if you leave your job. So save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to PolicyGenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's PolicyGenius.com. Hey man, after years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if you've learned anything, it's that there is always a catch. So when I heard that for a limited time, all Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, I thought, well, what's the catch? But it turns out there isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, Go to mintmobile.com slash meat eater. That's mintmobile.com slash meat eater. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash meat eater. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 per month. New customers on first three month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Uh, tell everybody what high ass means. So in the baseball world, that's um, my new favorite term. So <laughs> that's why Pete likes mule deer. So he, got, he's, he's a mule deer he got a mule deer buck. He felt had a high ass. So a high ass means uh, just a just a big, powerful, muscular butt. And in the baseball <laughs> in the baseball world, if you have a high ass, that means that you're probably a strong guy, like strong and athletic, and you could probably hit a ball far, pretty far. You're. A, I mean, so you gotta have a lot of ass to hit the ball. Oh, damn right, man! When I hit a ball, it doesn't really go anywhere, man. Well, you, <laughs> it's always kind of embarrassing. Well, you gotta. You I gotta, have to act like I'm not interested. <laughs> I'm playing. You, well, you have to figure for baseball, Steve. <laughs> Steve, you gotta put your ass into it. That's the thing. That's why you gotta have a high ass. Not, not enough of an ass on. Hey, Yanni, what I tell man. you earlier about oh, chocolate milk and squats. <laughs> Damn right. You need to get on that training program, Steve. <laughs> yeah, you know what happened one time, man? Um, the last real heavy-duty uh, bit of chocolate milk I got, I had a lot of gastrointestinal upset. This is many years ago. But it turned me off on it. Okay. Turned me off on chocolate milk. And now I, I look at chocolate milk and I, I, I get leery. Well, I mean, there's other... Is it like... I was a, with the girl I just okay. started dating. <laughs> And there I was, having oh, to sneak off every couple minutes, <laughs> trying to figure out what was going on. Were you farting in her uh, in her bathroom towels? Oh, it was just horrible, man. <laughs> it's horrible. As my my the writer Ian Fraser put it once, he talked about sounded like he was yodeling, <laughs> <laughs> like he was yodeling in the bathroom. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so now when I see chocolate milk, man. I look at it like I look at it with great suspicion. Is it a dairy thing? Or? No, it's just a fluke. I was real sick. I got real sick overseas. Gotcha. And, and I was just not right for quite a long time. Seth had that. Yeah. Seth was sick for 
uh, at least a year. He couldn't even date. No. He had the shit so bad he had to take a year I, off dating. Was from that, chocolate milk? Kept, no. <laughs> I don't know what it was from. Still to this day, I have no clue. What was it? Really? Coast, did you go to Costa Rica or something? No. No. They had them. Uh, they had them. IBS. Uh, just no, they had him. Uh, they had him pegged for like a real serious like affliction. Yeah, Crohn's disease. Yeah, but it, it just went away. One day I woke up and it was gone. Was had, he woke have up, a, had a nice had since had a nice solid, and it was gone. Were you yep. stressed? You had it for a year. For Couldn't a year. date. Couldn't even date. Were you stressed out? I mean, before. Do you think stress was? Does he look stressed I'm, out? I don't think I was stressed. I haven't seen what time of life. What, what else was going on in your life at the time? Oh come on! <laughs> hey, Seth, Rick's, Rick's trying to talk me through this. Yeah. <laughs> he had the shit. It was in college. He the the it's the worst time ever. He had the to shit have for it. a year. Leave him alone. <laughs> Jeez. So high ass, the powerful ass, strong, powerful ass. Yes. Yeah. Typically, when you have a strong, powerful ass, you have strong legs and and, and like athletic ability. And that, they'll look for that. Absolutely. So when you started playing baseball, how did it come to be? Because I'm, I'm, what I'm trying to get around to is how you won the home run derby, and that's how I found. And that's and then you took the opportunity to, to express interest in going hunting, which is pretty funny. Well, so the home run derby. So that's you mind telling that, people that, what you get when you win the home run derby. No, no, no. That's two questions. You're, you're asking three <laughs> questions at once. Okay, which, go ahead. Which one, one at a time. So first but, question: How yeah. did I start playing baseball? Oh no! I know. You're told us how you started playing baseball. Okay. So what? What was the? What was the second question? Oh, I just kind of like the, the. All of a sudden, you made it, and you you're yeah. like you're in the you get in the major league. Like here you are. Yeah, and uh, you're in the major leagues, and then the home run derby comes up. Yeah. So I got the uh, I got the official invite. I got the call from uh, uh, one of the people from the major league baseball office asking if I was going to do it. He was like, would you like to participate? No shit, I'd like to participate. This is like a, like, that's like the one night a summer my parents let me stay up late at night to watch. Like, I have, like, I grew up watching the Home Run Derby. Like, I never watched the All-Star Game. I watched the Home Run Derby. That was, like, my thing because I was just in awe of, like, just how far these guys would just punish these baseballs. Like, you just, <laughs> just absolutely disintegrate these, uh, like these baseballs in the end of the night. And it's just like, it is majestic almost. It's, it was, it was really cool. And, um, and to be honest, I didn't even know what I was saying. Like after the home run derby, I just like black, like it was all like just this blur. Like I had, like, I remember like my cousin, my cousin was the guy that thrown me BP or batting practice. He was the one throwing me the pitches. And after I hit it, I remember just, chucking my bat as far as I could in the air and my cousin just jumped on me. Um, and then after that, I was just daddy Yankee, like put a chain on me. Do you guys know who daddy Yankee is? No, he's like some really fam He's like a famous Latin rapper. Like he put like this, like the Homer and Derby championship chain on me. I got handed the trophy and then it's like, Holy shit, what do I do now? Hold on, so, sorry. The hmm. fact that your cousin was pitching to you seems a little suspicious. Or did you get to choose that? I chose that, yeah. Oh, so everybody gets to choose their pitcher? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I never so knew they're, that. So they're throwing you pitches meant to be hit. Yes, exactly. And um, my cousin grew up playing baseball. He played, uh, he played D1 college baseball, uh, St. Bonaventure. I'm not sure if you guys know where that is. Upstate New York. Um, 
but yeah, he we both kind of grew up around the game, and um, it was in Cleveland, and he's um, he, he's from the Cleveland area, and I was just like, you know what? And both my parents are from Ohio, so this is it was kind of like a whole like homecoming family reunion type thing, and I was just like, what? How crazy would this be just to like have this moment with? Uh, I mean, there's there's a ton of family members there, and to have my cousin Derek like throw to me was just yeah you couldn't dream you couldn't dream it up better i mean and you win a million dollars yeah um (laughs) (laughs) yeah wait how many homers did you hit in the in the derby so i hit 14 uh to knock off santana i hit 20 to knock off acuna and i hit 23 to knock off uh vladdy jr so were any of those guys rookies um Vladdy was, and Santana's a seasoned vet, and Acuna was a rookie last year. Signed, he was rookie of the year last year. So all those guys are very well respected um, in the game of baseball. And yeah, I came out on top. It was, I mean, and then when I got the uh, got the interview, or when the interview thing, it was just like all this. Everything happened so fast. Like my family's coming on the field. Um, like I, I was like holding back tears like the entire time. I was just so just like wow. Like because coming into spring training, I didn't know if I was going to be playing in the big leagues, and then here I am, two and a half, three months later, like winning the home run derby. It's like this shit doesn't even make sense to me. It's like I was living a dream. Like it happened so fast, and then the interview came up, and I was just like, uh. I mean, I'm a big fan of Meat Eater. Like, I watched. Yeah, what m- question did the interviewer ask you? Yeah, why? So, yeah, how, did, how did it, yeah. So, this is, this is how. Two things happen. So, he's like, so, you made the big leagues out of spring training. You're, you're an all-star as a rookie. Like, you just won the home run derby. You get a million dollars. You get the trophy. You get the chain. What, and, and he said you got to meet Jerry Seinfeld, which is weird. Is that something you asked for? No. He, Jerry Seinfeld is just a big New York Mets fan. Um, oh, okay. and he was at one of the games and me and him talked for a while. He's a, he's a hilarious dude. What'd you guys talk about? Um, it's, it was kind of funny. Cause like my dad, uh, my dad was a huge Seinfeld fan and it was just, and I was like, dude, like my dad, I remember my dad sitting me down and making me watch shows of you. Like, I'm like, it's crazy that he's like, I'm such a huge fan. And I'm like, how? how are you a fan of me? Like that dude is like a, like a legit mogul in New York. And it's like, like, I don't, I couldn't understand that he, Jerry Seinfeld, like the Jerry Seinfeld was a fan of me. I, I just like, there's a lot of things that happened this year that I couldn't comprehend. He's like, what? And then the guy said, or the ESPN guy, he's like, what could possibly make this year better? And I'm like, oh, I go on, to go hunting with Steve Ranella. It just, it just like came out. I didn't plan it. This, this wasn't, it no just, offense, Steve, but all that other stuff is like, dude, it was so amazing. It was so funny. No, it is. It, it is. It was so funny. So many people sent that to me, man. Like this, people kept texting me and being like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> no, because, I mean, I just uh, like when I watch your shows. It's like I love the way that you kind of put things in in, in perspective, and you have kind of like this certain way. I mean, you being a writer, and you just have a certain way with words and describing things. Um, it's it puts a lot of things in perspective, and the way that you kind of treat um, not just uh, not just the annals, but the way you prepare um, 
because I, I love what you do, like especially with the cooking and the preparation of the food. I mean, me, I'm a huge foodie. I love awesome food. And the way that you do try and do the best justice you possibly can for the animal, like I have the utmost respect for that. And I mean, I kind of wanted like this trip was just so special because I could be able to just kind of watch and learn and um, be, I mean, kind of pick your brain a little bit. Um, I mean, there's kind of like, I mean, after baseball, I'm like, I'd love to do kind of something that you're doing. Um, I mean, this is like, I mean, baseball is of the utmost priority, but I mean, the outdoors and, and food is, is a huge passion of mine. And I, and I know it is for you too. And uh, quite honestly, I felt like we'd get along. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. So what we did, uh, just to bring people up to speed, is uh, a friend of mine has a ranch in Colorado and he uses the ranch. Um, he's been on the, he's been on the, uh, Matt. He's been on the show a couple times. Um, he uses the ranch. Like he hosts wounded veterans to hunt on his ranch. He takes business clients, friends, uses it for fun. Like I first came out here to do a TRCP fundraiser, like TRCP, Theodore Roosevelt Conservation Partnership will auction off. Like last year, they auctioned off a deal where four people could come out, two could hunt elk and two could fish. And so I hunted with um, one of the guys. Giannis hunted with another guy. And then Cody is a, what do you call yourself here? Like a ranch manager? Yeah, that Hunt works. man, I don't know. That works. Yeah. Yeah. In addition to catching cattle and lions and whatnot. Jack of go. all trades. There you <laughs> go. So we did these, this fundraiser hunt and it came out here. And Matt has, uh, if you own properties in Colorado, you can get these, you get like these tag vouchers that you're able to use. So we were able to very much like on the spur of the moment plan a hunt without needing to do the applications to get a permit because so we got the vouchers so we came out to hunt deer and then you were able to buy an over-the-counter elk tag mm -hmm. um what all like when we came out to do this what all were your expectations and and like apprehensions and expectations i mean i was i i felt like whatever was gonna i mean i was just happy to be here i just wanted to tag along and um just kind of just kind of learn and um I, I'm just, I just feel really blessed to, to, to be here. I mean, all you guys, this whole meat eater team, this whole meat eater experience was just, um, I mean, I'm going to remember this for the rest of my life. I mean, this was absolutely fantastic. The boys, the boys are awesome. Like you got a hell of a team, Steve. And like, you guys are, are fucking awesome. Like, thanks Pete. Th no, thank thanks, you. Pete. Yeah. Th thanks to all you guys. Um, did it, did, when you were imagining it, like you played, so now you play baseball and everything you do is filmed, mm -hmm. right? You're filming the game. Mm -hmm. It's being put on as a spectator sport. Right. Um, and like in a way you're there to produce a, a thing that's watched, mm -hmm. you know, whatever it means to you personally, like that's what justifies the whole thing is it's an audience participation thing. Right. Um, to know that you were going to come and we were going to hunt and we were going to film it for a television show did that make it seem more uh did that make it seem more in line with how your life goes anyways? 
Yeah. Or, or, or did it feel like, oh, I wish we weren't doing that. I wish we were just going out for fun. No, I, I mean, if because for me, it's like I, in the world of baseball, it, it's a game of failure and a game of disappointment. Like if you fail 70% of the time throughout your entire career, you're more than likely to end up in the Hall of Fame. 70% of the time you fail. And there's a lot of cases where... Meaning 70% of the time, like, you get up to bat. And you're out. <laughs> yeah. That's what, what was funny when I asked you, like, what happened the first time you got up to bat in the major leagues. You said, I struck out. <laughs> yeah, I struck out. <laughs> Did you strike out swinging or looking at it? I struck out. I struck out swinging. Strikeouts. It was against a three-time Cy Young winner. So, um, what's that? So that's like the MVP for uh, for pitchers. Gotcha. So he's a three-time uh, MVP for uh, for the pitching aspect of the game. So I mean, he's so the guy's name's Max Scherzer. To all you listeners, if you're from the baseball world, you know exactly who he is. But uh, to the guys that or guys and gals out there that aren't familiar with the baseball, this guy is. Um, this guy's tough. I mean, this guy's probably uh, probably going to end up being a Cooperstown, which is the Baseball Hall of Fame. And uh, I respect the hell out of him. And, um, I mean, this guy's just an absolute master of, of, of the art of pitching. Are you looking forward to facing him again? Oh, yeah. I love competing. Have you, have you gotten a homer off him yet? Not a homer, but I got a couple of hits. Got a couple of hits. So, like, put that in your pipe and smoke it. I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where did I leave off? I can't remember because I got distracted by... Uh, expectations. Oh, yeah. Was it weird to, to come out and like make a show where, we, where uh, to, to, to be filmed? Or are you just so used to being filmed now? I mean, I... This year, I, I get... I mean, just in real... Like, going through, like, real life, it's like... I don't realize I'm being filmed like during uh, during the game because I got to be locked in on, on what I'm doing. I mean, the cameras are are just kind of exterior stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, for me, it's like if I'm I'm just gonna be myself because at the end of the day, that's um, like I, I take pride in, in knowing who I am. Like like I told you, what did I tell you about knowing something? Oh yeah, I don't want to say it. Is that but is, yeah? Is that too? Uh, yeah, maybe yeah, yeah, have you, make you honest say it. What do you want me to say? I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe you weren't there. I'll, I'll tell you later. Okay, if it's not podcast friendly, I won't say it. It's a, it's a, it's an expression saying you need to know your um, know your panga. Yeah, your panga. Know your sword. Know what you're working with. Know what you're working with. Yeah, know what your what your limitations, what your yeah. strengths are, what your limitations are. Know know who you are. Yeah, that's that's the that's the G rated. Know who you are. Um, and for Which me, doesn't, it doesn't doesn't pack the punch that. Right, know your panga. No. Um, and for me, like I I I feel like I'm really comfortable with who I am, and if uh, someone else wants to have a, an opinion, then let them have it. You know, and. I mean that's whatever whatever happens and whatever the people think of uh, opinions like great but uh are you kind of like the added pressures it's like for me it's like I I try and live in the moment and whatever I can do to accomplish whether it be like putting a good shot on a deer or hitting a baseball it's um 
it's honestly pretty similar, pretty similar uh, type of uh, type of pressures. What was your favorite thing about? Um, what was your favorite thing about hunting mule deer? I know you liked the moments when we were looking at them. Yeah, I mean, I, I just think they're they're just incredible creatures. Also, it's like I think the mesmerizing thing, like they're really cool to look at, but also that they could disappear at the blink of an eye. Mm-hmm. Like if you're glassing, you see them, and then let's say you like. Let's say you kind of just move around to adjust or whatever, and then you look back in that same spot, they could be gone in a split second. I mean, these creatures are just um, – I mean, I have a just this utmost respect for them. I mean, they're almost perfect. They're almost perfect this trip. And they're camouflaged really well. They're really just super aware of their environment. And, um, I mean, they're – I mean, it's a great challenge. I mean, I mean, we hunted really hard these five days. Am, am I right? I would say we did. We had some obstacles. Yeah. I think that um, Cody backed me up on this. Like, it's like, like Colorado does like the first season, so it's week long. Then there's some days off. Then the second season's week long, and there's days off. And the third season is a, and I think you get like a, a sort of like added up. It's a lot of pressure. You're right. You're exactly right. And things get skittish. And it's compounded, you know, throughout the season. You know, the later the season, you're right. And we had the chance we'd come out. We thought, oh, we'll come out and they'll be rutting and chasing each other around, playing grab ass. Not even kind of. None of that, yeah. Uh, and then too nice of weather, which is wonderful to be out in, but just isn't like. That's what you're really hoping for, I think, in Colorado's third rifle season. Because that's why most people don't come and hunt it and come in second season instead is because they like this weather. They don't want to get their teeth yeah. kicked in by the and weather. A lot of the locals, at least where when I was living in Colorado, the locals all hunted third because they would expect the weather to come in and then put the animals out into the open. And we did not have that. Yeah. Or a little migration. We had a little pre-migration before you guys showed up, but, you know, you, you were still in a lot of deer. There's still a lot of deer up high. Yeah, it was tough, man. It was tough, but worst case, worst comes to worst, we we didn't shoot anything and got to watch a beautiful sunset or sunrise. What would you have thought about that if you didn't get one? If I didn't get one, um, I know hunting, there's no guarantee for success. Um, same thing with baseball. You're not going to get a hit every time. And I feel like even though like our worlds are so different, but the expectation of success isn't like just just had to snap of a finger like that can't be guaranteed like you got to work you got to work for your success you got to put yourself you got to prepare you got to put yourself in the right position uh to have that great opportunity like am does am i is that That's fair exactly, to say yeah just like keep keep putting yourself in positions That's the thing now and then I'll think about is um at a point it's just a matter of like staying out yeah. Being out, you know, if you keep being out. Like tonight we sat that same, we sat the same meadow night that we sat five nights in a row. Mm-hmm. And still no buck showed up out there. But I'm thinking like, how many nights could you actually sit here and not have just like, not have one just like a lost one come through? <laughs> right. Yeah, we saw, <laughs> like, I, we saw does tonight that we had never seen yeah. the, the whole time we sat there. Yeah. And then the night before tonight, last night we saw didn't you see a couple does last last night? One, one, 
It's not like they weren't deer there. It's just that opportunity. That, like you, we put ourselves in that position. It's just that nature just didn't. That wasn't in the cards. But you know night. what's funny is we went up because when I was down here doing the the TRCP fundraiser during second season, Brody who comes on the show a lot. Was down and he went up and scouted that area in all kinds of bucks. And then Matt Cook looked at it. All kinds of bucks. We go up there the first night we go there, and look, here's four bucks. Yeah. And I kind of thought of them as I thought of them as like money in the bank. I wasn't even kind of thinking about going. I wasn't like Is that why we didn't go after Sapphire that first night? Well, it wasn't that. It was that. No, if it had come in range, absolutely. Right. But I was like, no sense in spooking it. No sense in doing a hasty stock. We'll, we'll set up better tomorrow and get them and not spook them. Not knowing that we would never lay eyes on that thing again. Very true. But that's the, that's the thing, though. I mean, same, same thing with baseball. You could get an absolute meatball right down the middle and not see and expect to see it later on in the in that at bat or expect it to see later on the game but if the pitcher doesn't give it to you it's i mean then you're sol and i mean it's kind of the same thing for us it's like we thought we were going to see at least one for the for the remainder of the trip but i mean it's not like we didn't work hard for it you know no five days hunted Every morning early, every night till the end, mm-hmm. um, and then had that one not quite opportunity, and then scratched it out and got a opportunity. Yeah. How did you feel when that happened? Like, how did you feel like all of a sudden, like, were me going like, "Oh my God, get him, get him, get him, get him, go! What's wrong? <laughs> Shoot!" Well, <laughs> well, you didn't care. What's no. the problem? <laughs> yeah. What's the problem? Um, <laughs> what's the problem? Yeah, so you didn't crumple under the you you didn't you weren't even influenced by my um pressuring. No, he had that good saying earlier. Was it the Navy you said or the Marines that have that saying? Yeah, it's in the um in the military it's like slow slow is smooth and smooth is fast. And that's that's kind of my um uh, my method to hitting and uh my approach to to the game of baseball whether it be offensively or defensively. Because uh, you have to be under under control of the situation in order to capitalize, and I, I mean, thank you, Seth, for spotting it first of all, um, and I'll spot bucks for you any day, Pete. Hell yeah! And then uh, Steve is like helping me direct kind of where to where to aim on the scope and and where to 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 um, was it the magnification and stuff like that. I mean, this yeah. wasn't just like yes, I shot it, but this was like like a team effort. There was a lot of different people involved in in the in the in that success. Um yeah, we got up there. We had a little bit of it was like we got up that morning we got up at 4. Yeah, we got up a little early and I had a pop tart. You had a pop tart and I, <laughs> I th- keep blaming my pop tart, but I had a pop tart for breakfast and a coffee. <laughs> Did you put too much, or did you put not enough cream in your coffee? So you had too much caffeine and too much sugar, man. Like I'm pretty, I'm not like a fragile person. (laughs) You were that morning. I know we had a little hike. (laughs) We got up four, had a pop tart, had a little hike, and we got into where we wanted to be. And I, I was shaking so bad I couldn't hold my binoculars up. So I had to take a time out and lay on the ground, and told Seth, who's there to film, I was like, "You gotta come up in glass, man. I can't even." (laughs) 
<laughs> and I laid down. I offered you the chair. And I know, you're just laid, like, no, no, I need I to lay down. flat on my back, laid down. Rick got me a little water. Rick got me a little energy <laughs> yeah, bar. Yeah. Yep. Eventually, we got back to my feet. And uh, I, you could tell I was still incapacitated because <laughs> I thought you were going to throw up. up. I was like, up. Oh, yeah, I thought I was going to puke. <laughs> I was still incapacitated because I was up full on feeling like I was glass and Seth's back messing with his camera and all of a sudden he's like, Bach, Bach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, like below us. Yeah. Yeah. I like when I'm looking, you're just like, look in the, in the, in that little patch right there. I'm like, where? And I, I didn't realize that it was like that far down. Oh, it was a perfect spot. Yeah. Like I thought it was maybe a little bit further out, but it was legit. 150 right. yards, wasn't it? When we ranged it. Yeah. 100, yeah. 150 horizontal. I mean, it, it was right there. Um, Could have jumped on him. 150-yard jump. Maybe if I had one of those, like, <laughs> flying squirrel suits or whatever to fly down the hillside. And, man, he was, it was, that's why, like, mule deer, man, is like, you he know, should, they'll hang out in people's yards like anything, right? But now and then when you see a mule deer just, like, lurking through the, you know what I mean? Timberbuck. They just got, like, a, like a lurky kind of. Almost like a, a haunted kind of thing they do now and then, man. It's almost kind of like a like a swagger. Yeah, it's like a it's like they like they're strutting their stuff, but then they they know they can disappear at any second. And him coming down that trail, aspens on either side, all that brush mm-hmm. and that little fern trail he's coming down. That was perfect window because like oh, we, I was going to kick you in the side of the head if you didn't shoot, man. <laughs> no, I, I was sick as I was. I was. I was planning on shooting, but <laughs> I wanted to be precise. I didn't. I didn't want to harm the animal in any way. I yep. wanted to make it as clean as, po- as clean and humane as possible. And you know, I was thinking about giving you kind of an elaborate description of where I wanted you to hit it, or like like aim for the. Nah, 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 nah. But then I was just like front shoulder, front shoulder, mm-hmm. and Pete shot the heart out of it. Yeah, I, I told myself I was gonna. I'm aiming for the heart. I'm not hitting anything else but the heart. Um, I mean, to me, I think that's probably the quickest and concise way to do it, and I wouldn't accept anything else. I had a nice, slow, tro- uh, slow, controlled uh, trigger press, and when I let the I let the gun do its thing, I didn't try and uh, stop it from recoiling. I think the scope may hit me in the mouth. Yeah, um, yeah. something, but. Yeah, you look like a vampire a little bit. Uh, that's fine. Um, <laughs> I know when I, because I know when I'm re- when I relax my body, it's like my body was almost limp, uh, and I let the gun do its thing. That's when I knew I I, I stuck it really well. I, that's when I knew I put the, put the shot right where I wanted it. Yep, and it took a couple bounds and bam, piled up. Yeah, I, I don't even think it went fifteen twenty yards. No, and then do nothing. And so, I was pretty happy. Yeah, I, I felt like <laughs> a little real happy. Steve was real happy. I felt like a little bit as happy as I get. I felt like <laughs> a little. I love I love filming it. I, I, <laughs> see his face light up like that makes me happy. I felt like a little bitch for crying, but I was just so overcome with joy because I've I've wanted to go hunting for so long. I just never had the opportunity because as soon as I entered the world of professional baseball. Uh, to kind of that work and that time being put in, like the hunting stuff got put on a back burner. And um, having time this off season and be able to capitalize on that, I mean, it, I, this is just 
a pure blessing. Like you have still no idea how appreciative I am of, of all you guys. So thank you for having me. And, um, no, nah, this is, I'm going to remember this for the rest of my life. This is, no. this was sick. We'll get out again. Hell yeah. Uh, when we're doing a show, um, as people who watch our show will know, we usually, if we're lucky and getting something, we kind of highlight a food preparation in the end. And for this one, we're working on. What, why? Why are you laughing, Seth? Because I just you know I know where this is going. <laughs> so we wanted to do where we wanted to take. A, a, Pete likes a good hamburger. I love good burgers. I love a good burger. And we wanted to do a, a bone out of shoulder, mm-hmm. and 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 do some grind. So like talk about making good grind burger to do that you need to cut it with pork fat or beef tallow um beef suet sorry not yeah so like beef why do they call it beef suet but they don't know it says pork suet do they i don't think so yeah so you cut it with beef fat or pork fat and it just so happens that cody has had see how i bring this full circle yeah yeah cody's had a pig that you bought for Butchering purposes. $27. Yes. He was a discounted hog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a four, what, like a 400-pound pig for $27. He was 500-plus when we first picked him up. Foreclosure pig. Right. Big old fella. Why did the guy want to sell a pig for 27 bucks? Why didn't he just slaughter it? I don't know what the situation was. He come out of a sale barn. I had an order buyer buy him for me. So you got a pig, got a and pig. you fed it on expired produce stand produce. Through the summer, yes, sir. And expired horse feed. Throughout the fall, yep. And uh, when I was out here before, the pig scared the shit out of me because <laughs> I was walking along. No one told me about the pig, and I walked <laughs> along, and I thought, I keep telling everybody this, but it's funny. I thought it was a dead black Angus. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, well, what the hell that thing died from? And I went up and got pretty close to it before the pig finally woke up and turned. A little grunt. Yeah, scared the shit out of me. (laughs) And you're like, oh, yeah, I was going to tell you. Right. Failed to mention that. My pig. (laughs) (laughs) But we, uh, this morning, because you've been meaning to, because you don't want to feed it through the winter to lose weight. You're right. And bought him for the intentions of butchering him. Yeah. And it just so happened. So the meat eater crew was here. Yep. Yeah, and Cody wants us to start a domestic show, right? Domestics. So we had the the deer, and then this morning we helped slaughter the pig, um, and cut some of the back fat off it. And I was a little worried about the fat. I don't know why, because I just didn't know what that thing's been getting into. Right, right. You know, I can see your situation but yeah it's super clean we've been dealing with pigs a bunch lately too and having this uh, this question arise you know often about what pigs have been getting into and we're gonna eat them yeah because me and yanni did we you know, I, I, we just bought a pig ourselves but it was dead we bought a butchered pig from a guy that a friend of ours the guy we work with kevin harlander mm. who's been on the show um he raised some pigs and we bought a pig from him he was feeding the pigs i don't know if it was solely but barley mash right What's left over from beer so. making. Hmm. And so we got that pig now. But then we went to your pig and took some of the back fat off. 
and then got back here and I don't, and I was nervous about the fat wouldn't be good because I know the pig's like old. Yeah, he was older. Losing sure. weight, still had one of his nuts. Right. Kinda. Kinda. <laughs> so we took a thin slice of that back fat. The back fat comes off like what, half inch thick, Yanni? I'd say an inch. Yeah, I'd say probably an inch. No. Yes. Those pieces we had were not an inch thick. Well, once you cook them down. Oh. Just let's go three quarters. Let's meet halfway. There you no, go. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna meet halfway to wrongness. <laughs> They're not an inch thick. That's an inch. Five eighths. comes off five eighths inch sheet five eighths and we cut them into like we cut all the back fat into like these sort of like six by six or seven by seven squares of five eighths inch thick back fat and put it in the freezer so it starts to set up nice real clean white fat yep boned out the deer leg and cubed that in one inch cubes put the the squares of fat from the from beans the pig that was mm-hmm. his name mm-hmm. in the freezer until it got firm slice it in thin slice and then put a thin slice in a pan to test it for goodness before we ground up all the deer meat and what'd you think of that pig fat i think that was the best little pork crackling i've ever had that was tasty as hell especially when you put a little salt on it mm. That was really good pork fat. Plus, plus. And then we ground up. We were going to do 10%, but we did like a healthy grind. I think we didn't do all of it. I th- how much do we do? We did like whole, like maybe like two like slabs of it. I'd have to guess we did about 20. So we did one whole meal to your shoulder and then cut in 25, 20%, I would say, of that weight in, of beans as fat. Like a healthy 20. Yeah. Let me ask you this, Pete. Just give me a yes or no answer. Did 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 Beans go down easy? He died a hero. That's all I'm going to say. Um, <laughs> wonderful fat. Then ground up. Do we all- know how Beans got his name? <laughs> yeah, why is Beans named Beans? <laughs> well, everybody called. I named him. <laughs> but everybody calls their pig bacon. You know, let's go eat some bacon or whatever. Ham, ham People bone. People call their pig yeah, you nickname them ham bone, or that's yeah, old bacon, or, or that's dinner. old pork chop, or pork and beans. Exactly. They do. I didn't know that was a thing. I, I know it... Wilbur. Yeah, and and uh, Charlotte. Oh yeah, we saw a, a black <laughs> widow. Yeah, no, Charlotte barn. was a spider, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Black widow in my tent that you guys let live. No, <laughs> no, we no. killed. Oh, no. I had to be. We found a black willow in your camp. Black widow in your camp. Rick argued to leave it there to kill you. Not very long. <laughs> you made a quick case of like, you're going to leave that around to bite somebody? And I was like... Mm. A displaced black widow no. in Cody's camp. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so he ground it up, and man, really good. The burgers we made. Burgers, I, I mean, that's probably the, the upper echelon of burgers, if, if I said so myself. Those, those are awesome burgers. And what do you feel... Uh, you're going to bring your whole deer home. Yes. Do you feel that you'll eat it like really fast and be done with it? I remember when I went, when we took Joe Rogan uh, deer hunting for the first time, he brought his deer home. And man, it feels like two or three weeks later, 
He was out of deer meat. <laughs> His deer was gone. <laughs> <laughs> he just went home and ate it, man. <laughs> Do you think you'll milk it out, or you think you'll just eat it? I don't know. I got I got some really good. Uh, I got some really close friends that I'm sure would appreciate uh, some of it. Um, I got some family members. I know I'm probably going to have some backstrap for Thanksgiving. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. I I mean I think that I mean if we have it. I'd probably rather eat that than uh, go to the grocery store because a I know where it came from. It's prop it's got packed with way more vitamins and nutrients than uh, like a regular uh, regular cow you get from the grocery store. So superfood, man. Yeah, absolutely. So I I think that I'd probably rather cook a steak uh, from the backstrap or um, do like an osabuco than from the deer meat rather than go to the grocery store. I don't know if I'm going to buy red meat and, and until the deer's gone, to be no, honest that, with that's, you. No, that's advisable. That's what I would do. Did you know Rocket Money can cancel a subscription for you? They'll even alert you when there's been an increase in a subscription price and negotiate rates for you. I can see my subscriptions in one place, and if I see something I don't want, Rocket Money can help me cancel it with just a few taps. You wouldn't believe how many people are paying for subscriptions they don't use. This happened to me. It's annoying. This helps you find it out and get rid of it. Well, Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions and monitors your spending and helps lower your bills so you can grow your savings. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash meat eater. That's rocketmoney.com slash meat eater. Rocketmoney.com slash meat eater man i'm just coming back uh, not too long ago from youth turkey season in wisconsin now last year at youth turkey season it rained and snowed the whole time this year at youth turkey season it was in the 70s and even up to 80 so me and my kids are pouring it to it and after a while i realized they didn't drink anything all day and they haven't drank anything all day well that's why it's important to get hydrated and have something you're going to like to help you encourage you to get hydrated doesn't matter outdoor events turkey hunting playing sports beach days mountain adventures summer requires extraordinary hydration that's built for everyday dehydrating moments with three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drink plus eight vitamins and nutrients in a single stick it's clear why liquid iv is the number one powdered hydration brand in america tear pour live more one stick plus 16 ounces of water hydrates better than water alone. I'll say that again. Hydrates better than water alone. Turn your ordinary water into extraordinary hydration with Liquid IV. Get 20% off your first order of Liquid IV when you go to liquidiv.com and you use code MEATEATER at checkout. That's 20% off your first order when you shop better hydration today using promo code MEATEATER at liquidiv.com. O'Reilly Auto Parts are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. If you're confused about what part you need, like what wipers are going to be the best, what replacement headlights are going to be the best, go into O'Reilly and talk to the people that work there because they're great and they're super friendly and they'll get you squared away where you walk out knowing you got the right thing. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry 
if you're in a jam. Do you need your windshield wipers replaced? You need a brake light fixed? You need some quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash eater. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash eater. Um, do you, uh, you have our, our Wild Game Cookbook? I do, yes. Um, you know what I think you ought to make? What for Thanksgiving? Yeah, is make the uh, make the cauliflower puree. Okay, in the backstrap dish. Hell yeah! It's a, it's a recipe from our buddy Pooter. Okay, yeah, I mean very very Thanksgivingy. Perfect. Because I don't think that I've talked about this before. I don't think that um, on Thanksgiving, uh, if you want to have a traditional Thanksgiving, eat deer meat absolutely they know those sons of bitch and pilgrims <laughs> ate deer meat it's it's debated whether or not they ate turkeys i mean so if you want a real thanksgiving have yourself some deer meat. i don't think they had cauliflower puree they wish they did yeah but i also don't think they had apple pie they okay. wish they did as well yeah yes so i think you should make that because it's a very it's like a you're gonna have your you're gonna have your wife's family over um, Your girlfriend's no, so we, family? No, we split uh we split holidays, so we'll be up in um where her family is in, in Boston for uh for think for, for Christmas. We'll be in, in Tampa for Thanksgiving. So you'll be cooking it for your family. Yeah. Yeah, man. Do the backstrap with the cauliflower puree. Yeah, absolutely. Very, very Thanksgiving y. And also, uh, I, and we're gonna send you home with a sack of beans as fat. You gonna make cracklins for everybody? I'm gonna make cracklins. Um, pro- if you send me home with a thing of, of cracklins, I'm probably gonna make that as soon as I land for for my fiance. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna tell her just, just, just hold on, just taste it, and just tell me after after you eat it. And then she's she's, I mean, I was kind of skeptical at first. I mean, I'll I'll try anything. I love cracklins, but that was like. The best crackling I've ever had. What you can do too is render all that fat out, cube mm-hmm. it up, render it out, and then you have a little bucket of special lard. Hell yeah! Cook your eggs in. Cook your eggs in. Make some biscuits. Ooh, whatever kind of stuff you can do. Make pie crust. Mm-hmm. I made mince meat. I used to have bear lard from Black Bear, mm-hmm. and I made a uh, really nice pie crust for mince meat pie. Nice with that with that bear lard. Nice. Yeah. I mean, there's a ton of stuff uh, that you could. You just it's all about being creative. That's why like. I mean that cookbook is is helpful in a lot of ways because there's a lot of really creative ways to to dress up wild game as as opposed to just doing the the old old timey old fashioned recipes and that's a way to kind of I'm not saying like kind of put like an elegant twist on something uh, something from the field and I, and that's why I wanted to to get the book. You know. Um... Yeah, I had a. It was a fun. It was a really fun time to have you out uh, to go. Thank you. Because we didn't really know each. Yeah, you know, I didn't know. Not really. Didn't know you at all. Mm-hmm. But like, I just kind of like watch how you sort of handle yourself, and I thought you were an intriguing person. And um, thank you. Rather than liking you less through the whole week, I only I liked you more every day. Thank you. Yeah, I think everybody did, man. It was really fun to have you. Thank you. 
Uh, I mean, I, I just try and be as, as positive as I possibly can be, and regardless of every situation. And um, I guess that's kind of like my motto. I mean, I, I don't want to be any any negative because I, I think that's. I mean, that it's. I don't think negativity is ever helpful. If if that makes sense, you know it was funny. You told me at one point, not bragging, but you told me we were having a conversation about complaining. You told me matter of factly, you're mm-hmm. like, I don't complain, but not like you're bragging about. You're just like stating a a a, a point. Mm-hmm. That you just don't complain. Just like make that part of your life. Yeah, I, I don't I don't <laughs> like to because like which is a great which is a great way to go through life. Yeah. <laughs> it's outstanding, <laughs> but hard to pull off, man. Because like. <laughs> If like let's, I mean, there was a couple mornings where it's fucking cold. Yeah. Like if I were to say, "Oh man, it's fucking cold." Yeah, no shit, it's cold. <laughs> like that's stating the obvious. Like that's not going to make it any warmer. You know what I mean? So you just you just grind through it. And I mean, when I got sick and laid down, did you think less of me? No, absolutely not. <laughs> I, I did. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Steve-O's getting soft. <laughs> Our fearless no. leader. He's weak. No, shit, ha- <laughs> shit happens to everybody. I mean, Pop-Tart, think about, when was the last time you had a Pop-Tart? The, the day before. before. <laughs> yeah. We've been hitting, we got a whole, I don't know how we wound up with I so didn't know you're hit, I didn't know you are hitting the Pop-Tarts heavy. Well, uh, I was eating Pop-Tarts and cream of wheat, and uh, that's the only day. Somehow, getting up at 4.30, I wake up hungry. Somehow, getting up at 4, I wasn't hungry yet. I needed one more half hour to get hungry. But also, didn't you say you didn't sleep that well that night? Sleep's everything. Sleep. I had too much to drink the night before. Mm-hmm. Too much alcohol. Because we had the toasted thing the night before, right? Yes. Yeah, so I had too much Did alcohol. Did you have fun doing that? I loved it. That was awesome. Hopefully, I surprised a couple of people. Oh, we're going to edit it down so you just have all wrong answers. <laughs> no, we won't do that to you. Okay. We'll do a fair representation. Okay. Uh, yeah, we, we filmed an episode of our thing, uh, Get Toasted, with Pete. So if you stay tuned on, on, on YouTube, you'll find Get Toasted. Um, yeah, and you got to try the uh, fancy whiskey that I haven't, even, I haven't even gotten to try it yet. What'd you think? Was it good? I thought it was outstanding. Dude, it's... Yeah, yeah. Cause you said, right now. Yanni, didn't you say it's like the the secret was uh, the Kentucky? What is it? The Kentucky whiskey, Kentucky bourbon. You bring it up to Montana. That's right. And it's the Montana uh, snow melt water. That's right. That's that's hell of a touch. Like job well done on the on the Mediator Special Edition whiskey. That shit's awesome. No, it's high quality, man. It's good. Top notch. I'm drinking it right. Well, now I'm, I'm I drank it already. Now I'm just eating cherries out of the bottle. <laughs> I make a special drink where I put. Bourbon in there on ice, and I put a, a, a bunch of cherries in there. So Manhattan? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what they call that. It's good. It is good. We have a recipe on the website. You should check it out. Absolutely. You're, you're going home with a bottle of it. Um, it's called a meat hatton that our buddy that works for us, Morgan, Morgan. made up. He's hunting um, chuckers right now. You know what a chucker is? What's a chucker? I'm asking, do you know what a chucker is? I'm asking you, I don't know what a chucker is. What's a chucker? It's a bird from Eurasia called a red-legged partridge. And they're uh, they like cliff faces. They like the rockiest, driest, nastiest. It's like they eat rocks. Um, and, they, you know, they, and they've been introduced around, but they, they, they do well in places like, you know, 
Snake River Canyon. Um, okay. Where like Nevada has good some chucker spots, just like rugged sheep. Yeah. Play sheep country, Utah. Right. Okay. Some. That's okay. Sheep country. That's yeah. it. Right. Um, he likes to hunt chuckers. Cool. But That's, yeah, look up that uh, recipe. Check it out. The meat hatton. What is I he? Will. What is it? What? How did he like infused bacon into it? Mm-hmm. Is that how he made the meat hatton? Mm. Yeah. Put some bean beans cracklings in there. Ooh, now you're talking. There you go. Yeah, it's good, man. Cody, what's the status on the on the beans bacon? The beans bacon, he's hanging. He's, he's hanging right now. Yeah, he's he's in chill mode for a bit. Uh, what else do we want? We had a couple things we want to touch on, Yanni, before we wrapped up. Yep, for sure. I got, oh, me and Yanni are running for president. We're doing yep. a write-in campaign. I'm voting for you guys. Are you really? Yep, we're doing a write-in. It's Ronaldo Patel's 2020. All the you know normal people when they run for president. They take all the money that they get and they use it to keep running for president. Mm-hmm. The money we get, um, all the money we get through our bumper stickers and yard signs and T-shirts, mm-hmm. we're using to start uh, filling up our piggy bank for access projects. Absolutely. Hell yeah. For hunting and fishing access. And I've... then we're going to take our big piggy bank and we're going to continue to notify people about how this is going to work because we've got some other plans in the works on access projects to help uh help increase hunting and fishing access and so we need to but it's going to take dollars so this is the step and this is one of the first steps in getting our dollars together is running for president um our buddy ronnie bame who's been on the show he's going to run the atf for us um because he he likes alcohol and tobacco and firearms <laughs> and uh ryan callahan is going to be our uh, interior secretary Perfect. A lot of people wait to announce all the appointments till after they win, but we're so positive to win that we're just announcing all of our appointments now. And that's awesome. I mean, I really appreciate you guys doing that because um, running for president. Well, not not just running for president. Oh. I mean, that's that's a given. Uh, but <laughs> sacrifice, uh, right? <laughs> but also, it's the uh, kind of the, the thought of uh, kind of making hunting of hunting and fishing available to. The general public. Um, yeah, mean, that's our you know our campaign slogan. Yeah, better hunting and fishing for America. Because um, in 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 the state of Florida, a lot of fisheries available. That's that's not the issue. But the hunting stuff, that's really the issue. It's there's not there's pretty much barely any public land available to to go hunt. I mean, we hear a lot of complaints from Flor- from Floridian hunters. Yeah, who they have like they live in the fishing paradise. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. I love to fish. Yeah. Like but they complain about hunting to us a lot. Yeah, I mean, I'm a I'm a flats fishing enthusiast. I love trout, redfish, snook. Um, I mean, it's 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 an awesome awesome type of fishing, and big fan big fan of it. Big fan of uh, Florida fishing. Like it's just so diverse. I, I think that's I think it's some of the best fishing in, in the entire world. Um, but on the on the flip side of that coin, having uh, readily accessible hunting opportunities just isn't for the isn't for the the normal person. Um, and I mean, there's just not enough like public land to hunt, and the public land that is available to hunt, it's crowded as hell. It's crowded as hell. It's almost to the point where it can be unsafe, especially especially during gun season. So um, the fact that you guys are doing that. Um, Especially if you're, that's gonna that's gonna impact my home state directly. 
if you guys uh, invest in properties there uh, to make available to the public. So I think that'd be outstanding. Well, we'll keep at it. To find out, yeah, to follow the campaign, go to, to uh, just go to com or, oh, you know what I wanted to mention? The buck you got was a pretty nice damn buck for a first buck. Yeah. It's dynamite. It real nice buck. I put a picture up on Instagram. I not, and People are like, we were talking about a buck a guy shot that got impaled on a stick, and I was going to put it on Instagram too, a long time ago. And people were like, dude, it's not on there. I just got to think it felt a little gratuitous to put it on there. But the picture of your buck is already there. Right. So people can go there, see it. They'll find our campaign announcement video. Mm-hmm. They'll find Ronnie Bame uh, announcing that he's going to run the ATF for us all there. Uh, what other? What else were we going to talk about, Yanni, real quick? Oh, no. We gotta, let's plug the um, the Back 40 giveaway. Oh, yep. So we bought a modest farm in Michigan, um, 64 acres. We call it the Back 40 because it's always important to undersell things and not oversell. We bought a place called the Back 40. It's 64 acres in Michigan. And we're doing a bunch of habitat work on it. Mark Kenyon's running the project for us. We're doing a bunch of habitat work on this property. Eventually, we're going to give the property away. But in the meantime, we're going to give away a hunt where people could come out and and go out and hunt with me and Mark. And I, me and Mark will be more like your like Aaron boys mm-hmm. because the winner will get the cherry spot and we'll just be there to facilitate and cook wild game at night and hang out. So we're, we're doing this giveaway hunt. Um, and you find that too at TheMediator.com. A lot of announcements. Yeah. You need to sign up for the newsletter. Yeah. Yes, that's a good way to get yourself entered for that. Here. And the new white, our new Whitetail Weekly newsletter. Quick question about that. What type of person are you looking for to win? Oh, win, it's or randomized. Is, or is it completely randomized? Okay. Yeah, it's not like an essay contest. Gotcha. It's randomized. Gotcha. Someone that likes to have a good time, you know, into hunting. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. Maybe they hate hunting. <laughs> they haven't won yet. <laughs> I I can't imagine someone entering the contest if they don't like hunting. It would seem weird. It would seem weird that one would do that. I'm expecting it to be a hunting enthusiast. Can you? But just picture this: like someone not want not just winning the contest just out of spite to save a deer. Just just sitting there in the tree stand with their arms crossed <laughs> and, their, and their mean eyebrows. With me going, what's the problem? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they did that with the grizzly bear. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, Pro- I would love to know how many people actually protest. Quite a few, I heard. Yep. Like, they actually like got noticed that they were going to be drawn for a tag. Well, one guy for sure uh, drew Oh, the yeah. Tag. You know, you're right. You're right. You're right. The, wasn't he the photographer? He's a wildlife photographer. Yeah. So, Magnuson? Yeah. You know, that's probably some guy that hangs out in the park too much um one of the things one of the like rick we're gonna yeah i'm gonna release it isn't that ironic when we uh when we win the presidency right even before then we're gonna release a detailed platform like all the things ways that which it's gonna be better hunting and fishing for america rick's gonna hate this one but one of them is gonna be that on national parks wildlife management is handed over to the state and the state um, will, in, in, in the same spirit and regulatory structure in which the surrounding lands are managed for hunting, the national parks will be managed for hunting. 
and during hunting season only those licensed hunters will be allowed in the park it's gonna be wonderful very controversial <laughs> very controversial position but it's yeah, gonna be it's gonna cut down on revenue too for the park <laughs> yeah unless you charge us a but real I have hefty, a, i'm like uh, elizabeth warren man i got a plan for that <laughs> i'll tell everybody about it later <laughs> so um so would you put would the person that applying for those tags would they have to pay more to hunt in the park i don't know i'm thinking about doing something called the yellowstone super tag and it'd be like a handful of people will draw a yellowstone super tag and the super tag is good for you it's good for one of everything and you can you can transfer them to your buddies so if you drew the Yellowstone Super Tag, it's like bison, elk, moose, I mean, they got goat, a, sheep. They got a big black back, bear backlog of maintenance. If you could help close that budget gap, yeah, no help. It's, this is all going to make sense. It's going to be a wonderful country. <laughs> um, it's going to be a, it's going to be this, everything's going to be so much better. Pebble Mine is done, dead. Michigan's getting a dove season. We're going to be hunting the national parks. It's going to be a win for hunters and anglers. We'll be hunt, hunting on Sundays. Hunt, Pennsylvanians will be hunting on Sundays. Wait, that's a rule in Pennsylvania? Yeah, it counts. They're, they're, they're fighting it. Oh. They're fighting it. The first thing that's going to happen, the first thing we're going to sign into law, me and Oyani, is we're going to sign into law making it illegal, um, illegal to prohibit Sunday hunting. And it's if you discard a wild turkey's thighs, it's a capital... A federal capital. <laughs> it's a death penalty offense to discard a wild turkey's thighs. We're going to be efficient, too. We're not going to even have to run for a uh, second term. We're going to get it all done in four. Perfect. Be done. Yeah. Be back to enjoying the fruits I'm, of our labor. I love <laughs> sweet. I'm like a lot it. of habitat. <laughs> I think you so guys have a good chance. So you're telling me people get rid of the thigh meat? Well, not after four years of being having them whittled away. No, no. They, it just boggles... Oh, yeah. No, they'll throw so, the thigh meat away. They'll on, throw the thigh meat away, but we're going to have black black booted thugs that kick your door down and haul you off <laughs> if, you, if you throw out your thigh meat. And, um, yeah, Anwar, get, we're, I'm going to give it, like, full wilderness protection. You're, I like it. You're coming across all the boundaries. Oh, dude. It's fantastic. <laughs> the country yeah. is going to be United. So Get ready for the craziest moderate ever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the most extreme moderates yeah, so ever. So get your, uh, get your bumper. If you stand, if the you, most liberal if, conservatives. If you stand for hunting and fishing, get your bumper stickers now. Um, this was probably, I was the worst deer hunter I've ever been this week. You didn't scout up a single thing. Yeah. I found some deer. Matt and I took a little trip down south to where the deer were uh, possibly migrating to. We found some deer. Um, Did he say they were elk? No. He didn't? No. He thought he saw some elk. We didn't see any elk. Okay. But uh, we saw some, we found some deer, uh, and we could have possibly gone and hunted there, and it could have panned out for us, you know, if we needed to. But, uh Yeah. Um, it was rough, rough hunting for me this week. Then you went back in the morning, that place had gotten Colorado. Yeah, yeah, for <laughs> sure, for sure. I thought, I knew, but I knew in the back of my head, I'm like, there ain't no way that this little sneaky spot, you know, hasn't Is been that sneaky? Yeah, and so I went there in the morning, and I was the sixth truck to pull up. <laughs> yeah, so 
no, I don't. I don't have anything great to give you as a final thought. Other than I was just a sad. I mean, I'm like, I'm like itching. I need to go home, and I'm trying to right now plan my week out to figure out when's the first day I can play hooky and go hunting. <laughs> yeah, and try to get my mojo back. Over the weekend, we're gonna. Um, uh, me and my kids. I don't want to say me and my kids are taking Tracy deer hunting. No, that's cool. But you guys I'm taking hunt. Tracy deer hunting, and my kids are coming along to confuse the matter. Wow. <laughs> Just you? You're going to be the only other adult? Yeah. And Tracy and three kids? Yeah, my wife's out of town. That's going to be a lot on your plate. Seth might come with. Seth, you should go be help Steve out. <laughs> no, you help Tracy out, and I'll yell at my kids. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm in. Cody, any final thoughts? I think... Uh, my thought is the deer and elk seasons are going to get progressively better throughout the years if the structures changed. They're talking about changing the season structures in Colorado. A yeah. lot of pressure, like we talked earlier on the I mean, show. To make it that everything isn't over the counter. Right. That's gonna, it has to happen. It does. It has to happen. That's my thought. It's not, it's not sustainable. Mm-mm. It's going to be unpopular, but it just... And after seeing what you guys went through this, you know, this hunt, because it was kind of tough with the pressure and the outside pressure and whatever from. Yeah, even if you don't, yeah, even if there's just a cutoff, there ha- there's going to have to be, something's got to, something. Something's going to give. Something's got to give. They don't want to destroy the reputation that they've built. Uh, Rick? Uh, what did I, I enjoyed the fact that you guys have such a, an amazing, like, ability to navigate the vernacular of, like, hunting. Like, when you're talking hunting with, it doesn't matter if it's, like, sport, like, fishermen from Florida or, like, duck hunting or all these different forms of, uh, hunting and fishing, you, like, know the lingo. And you never know what we're talking about. And I sort of am, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm, like, barely hanging on. Or I'll, or I'll try to ask a question and I'll, like... Like the the thought behind the question is right, but I like don't use any of the right words or whatnot. So I got to witness you do that with sports, with baseball, and it was just fantastic to <laughs> to ask, ask questions that were good questions, but using just not know how to ask. Yeah, them. not not even know the words to yeah. ask the question, and I just I just I just kind of enjoyed watching that. Who knew that there were two leagues in Major League Baseball, right? <laughs> like I didn't uh, know that NL and AL. You didn't know that. National League and uh, no. American League, and they got different rules. Yeah, yeah. So all that stuff, like <laughs> I, I, I mean, you know, I played little league and learned about all that stuff and watched baseball. No, so. I liked it, man. I'm like, I, not only this. Listen, I'm like a big time Mets fan now, man. Yeah, I mean, you should be. I'm gonna have my face painted and shit now when I'm at. Uh, oh yeah, I'm yeah. Way into the Mets now. No, man. the to to be able to pick the brain of somebody that's in the in the big league. Big leagues and, and watching uh, YouTube videos of Pete hitting homers. <laughs> Dude, I, I get all excited. Yeah, now, I mean, man. it is it is like unreal. So yeah, it was it was cool being able. You to, look so much older and different when you're up there hitting them homers. Because I know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and yeah, and the other thing is is Steve's ability to kind of in those moments of high pressure. You know, he's mentoring. You know, I've I've watched him interact with many many a hunter. Mentoring, a, you know, a buck shows up and he gets all excited. I'm glad excited. That you used that word. Yeah, it is a it's a mentor relationship, and you're really good at it. But in that moment of like, there's, I've heard that I'm not. 
well, I feel differently. But in that <laughs> moment, in that moment of like it's go time, your level of patience, uh, like you're projecting your own, like I'm doing this now, and it just you know it takes somebody that's not used to doing it as much a little time to get comfortable or whatever. But Pete stayed true to his own like mantra. Oh, yeah, and yeah, my process. And, and so I, I would almost call him uh, resistant to my mentoring. He, in that moment. he was resistant to the frenetic nature of your mentoring <laughs> uh, strategy there, but yeah. he stayed calm and like I mean that moment is intense, right? Like there's like a two to three second window that you got to make the shot, and uh, and with somebody like barking in your ear, like go 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 go, is not at help. a whisper. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, it wasn't a whisper, <laughs> <laughs> and and he got it done. It was it was an awesome, It was a pretty fantastic moment. So, Seth, yeah, man, I'm gonna start watching more baseball too. Oh, oh yeah. let's watch yeah. it together, man. We should. We'll go over to Yanni's house <laughs> and the yeah, beautiful cable. We got there's no TV sure. there, bud. Well, get your we'll get your little computer out. You know what the beautiful thing I don't is? Know if you could stream. Is that you guys are two hours behind us. So at five, so seven o five Eastern time is when the game starts. So at five o five, when business hours are done, you guys can chill, relax, hang out at the office for an extra hour or so. Then have, I gotta go home and make dinner. Or you could watch it while making dinner. Yeah, it's a relaxing game to watch. Yeah, it's fantastic. Swing and a miss. <laughs> There's a lot of that, by the way. Yeah, a lot of, <laughs> a lot of failure. A lot um, of, all right, man. Do you got any uh, thing you want to final thing you want to add? Yeah, um, just kind of not just learning from you, Steve, but just kind of learning from everybody. Um, I mean, everyone has just. I mean, Cody, I've n- never knew dogs were used to, to hunt mountain lions. That's just a whole different world to hunting. That was that's just nuts. Did you know they were used to round up stray cattle? I. Learn that just right now, and yeah. that your dogs are just multi-talented, and uh, I mean to be able to manage that, and uh, I mean that that sounds like an absolute rodeo. It's a cool feeling for sure. Yeah, that's that's nuts. Um, I mean, hell, I mean, what you do like on that ranch? I mean, I just kind of saw like this small little sample size of it, but damn, man, you're a fucking jack of all trades, and that's. That's awesome to see. Like a true outdoorsman, true, uh, just true cowboy. Like it's in Southern Colorado. That's that's it, man. I mean, I feel like you're a part of a dying breed. I mean, Giannis, just you. Like I'm not a cowboy. You're not a cowboy, <laughs> but you're an ex fishing guide. Like you're there when. Uh, I don't think we mentioned that um, that we went fly fishing for an hour and a half. An hour and a half. Um, I mean, it was, uh, that was awesome. I mean, I mean, Seth, you're there taking pictures and you spotting the buck. And, um, I mean, I think you're the, uh, closest one to, to my age, right? Matt, how old are you? You're 35. So I'm the youngest. So you're the the youngest. So I guess me and you are kind of the, the young, I mean, I'm the youngest one, Yeah, you're. but I feel like me and you kind of connect on kind of like a similar wavelength, uh, from a similar lens and, um, I mean, I mean, Rick, I mean, I, I have a hell of a, hell of a respect from what you do because you have to get the right angles and, um, being a part of the baseball world, I know kind of like all the, the camp, 
I don't know it, but I'm familiar with having to get the different takes, the different angles, changing the lens, the light. Um, and I'm, I can't imagine how difficult that is, like moving around quietly, not being able to make a sound. <laughs> sort of quietly. Sort of no, quietly. Rick's, like, that's, Rick's extremely quiet. <laughs> while Steve's yelling at you the whole time. That's, yeah. that's, that's, it, that's it, like it, one of the best parts. Is watching Steve yell right Last moment. Um, it's, it's more of a stare than a yell. It's, it's yells of love. Right. <laughs> lastly, Steve, I, I felt like, um, I don't know, it's like the way that you kind of, I mean, Rick put it in a really good in a really good way. Like you, you were mentoring me because I haven't hunted since um, since my grandpa passed when I was in, I haven't. And then after that, like I was in college and baseball kind of took over and I've always had this affinity for um, like outdoor activities and I, and being able to come out here and do this and, and you being like one of the main mentors, I feel like all of you guys were mentors in a way. Uh, but Steve, like the way that you, and the cool thing is, is like, even though it was like the first day, like you weren't afraid to say shit. Like, you're just like, Pete, stop stomping around. Quit dragging your feet. Like, I felt like you're the older brother, like, I never had. Like, that whipped me into shape, but did it in a way where it's like, you you cared what I did. Like, um, like letting me take that first shot on the deer, like, trying to work your ass off, putting me in that position to, um, to have a successful hunt. Like, that's, like, I'm so appreciative of that. I'm appreciative of all of you guys. Matt, like, this is your first shoot. Like you're a rookie on this thing. I know he's not on the pod, but like, I mean, this whole crew, and then, um, and then Matt, um, the owner. I mean, hell, this is a this is a team effort, and um, all you guys kind of teaching me different different little things of the the big uh, world of outdoors and outdoor activities. I mean, I'm just so appreciative just to just to be a part of this. So I can't thank you having me for. Just all this. This is I'm gonna remember this for the rest of my life. This is this is fucking electric. So thank you. Thank you. I can't thank you enough. You thank have, you, man. Yep. Yeah. Thank Ladies you. Ladies and gentlemen, Pete Alonzo. Pete Alonzo. <laughs> thank yes, you very much. much. Home run king. Home thank run you, king. Fellas. The power platform. The power platform. So uh, that's PS to the to the final note. Steve mentioned that the uh that we're on in the episode, it's going to be aired as just the platform. But it's Cody's the, just a, like a platform called the platform. The platform called, but Cody's just like we don't got a name for it. Oh, and uh, yeah, so the name, platform. Yeah, it's only like two, two months old. So because oh. you Cody, guys christened it. Yeah, Cody, Cody, <laughs> Cody built that thing, right? Yeah, I had help from a couple friends, but yeah, exactly. And then he's just like, we don't got a name for it. So I was just like, Pete Platform. I'm like, no, that's that can't be that. And I was like. Power, the power platform. I'm like Pete's platform is sweet, though. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's built there. I think it's important to mention because Matt does a whole bunch of haunts for wounded vets, and so it's a way to get, like, is it full-on, like, uh, chair accessible? Exactly, yeah. We're going to put a ramp on it, and it'll be wheelchair, wheelchair accessible. And yeah, super cool place for the veterans, the wounded warriors to come and enjoy what we have, for sure. So it's the power platform. Boom. Got it. All right, Pete. Thanks again. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for having me. Until next time, man. Okay, everyone. If you like Meat Eater and our guest here that you just listened to, Pete Alonzo, go to 
YouTube and check out our show, Get Toasted, which is our outdoor trivia show where we test people's outdoor knowledge. Pete did a pretty bang-up job. It's funny. We drank bourbon. We had some laughs. YouTube, Meat Eater, Get Toasted, Pete Alonzo, and also you can scroll back and check out episode one with the beautiful and lovely Brian Callen. Sport Dog is the most recognized brand in the hunting dog training industry. The Sport Dog promise to consumers is simple. Gear the way you'd design it. Every product Sport Dog builds is meticulously designed and rigorously tested in the field, ensuring it withstands the toughest conditions you and your dog may encounter. I've used that Sport Dog collar in different temperatures. It just doesn't stop working. Get 20% off your first purchase using code Meat Eater. So go to www.sportdog.com slash meat eater to learn more. This show is sponsored in part by BetterHelp. It is a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that they need and that meets them where they are and helps them get through challenges. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible. It's simple to use. You can connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's better, H-E-L-P dot com.